0: Good morning, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Overeaters Anonymous A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I'm Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Friday, March 22nd, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in Bill's story on page 14 on the fifth paragraph, focusing on that paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Kim G., L, Cindy M., The reference numbers for yesterday's Vision For You meetings are Thursday, March 21st, the 7 a.m. meeting, 12,687, that's 12,687, for the 10 a.m. Eastern, 12,689, that's 12,689. OA preamble. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Judy F. to read the 12 Steps. Go ahead, Judy. Good morning. I'm Judy
1: F., a compulsive overeater in North Carolina, the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. wherever possible, except when to do so, would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for this opportunity to be of service. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Judy. I will now ask for Diane G to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Diane.
2: Hi, this is Diane G from New Hampshire. The 12 traditions. Number one our common welfare should come first, personal recovery depends upon OA unity. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles
0: before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Diane. Okay, how our meeting works? Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive, In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted uh, and try not to speak on speakerphone. Today we resume our study in the Big Book. In Bill's story, we are on page 14 on that fifth paragraph, focusing on that one paragraph, and I'm going to ask Kim G. to get us started. Go ahead, Kim. Good
3: morning, Amy. Good morning, everyone. While I lay in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have we have had so freely given me. Perhaps I could help some of them, and they, in turn, might help others. Oh, goodness. I love when um, a, new, a new thought comes to me. And I saw this differently this morning as I was looking at it. You know, in, step, in pages 1 through 8, we, we do step 1 in Bill's story. And then 8 to 12 is step 2. And then in pages 13 and 14, he goes through the rest of the steps. So i'm thinking about in 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 more about alcoholism when we, when we meet jim and fred and jim who was in disease restless irritable discontent suddenly he has a bad day suddenly and he drank and then we have fred who's had the best day in the world not a on the horizon and the words they use is the thought came and he drank and it really you know the thought struck me and he drank and here we are with Bill, the thought came. So why is the thought came different when Bill's talking right here? You know, in the, earlier in the chapter where he's driven by success, he's driven by by money. Um, you know, he's stealing from his wife's slender purse. He can't make a living, but when he makes a little bit of money, he's paying off the bar bill because he needs to drink. Now he's completed steps one through nine. He has He's practicing and cultivating this spiritual practice in 10 and 11 because he's got access to this power. So now the thought came, and it wasn't the thought came, I have to eat. The thought came is, I have to help others. You know, I I remember listening to a speaker recently, and he talked about, everyone says, work the steps, work the steps. What does that mean? And what he says is what he now realizes after decades of recovery in AA is that the the work is step 12, and that the preparation is steps 1 through 11. And I have to tell you, once I I spent 17 years in and out of relapse in LA and I became a student of this big book, that was a shift. That was a change for me. Because, see, I thought sponsoring was optional. I thought sponsoring was for the gurus. I was scared to sponsor. And when people tell me they're scared to sponsor, what I often tell them is I would be scared not to. The only way that we're going to be able to keep the spiritual experience is by teaching others to do that. And I often hear people say, but, but I don't know the book as well as you. I can't do this. Well, I'll tell you, I learned this book by teaching it, not by going through it myself. And I remember specifically being told that, I re- that someone said to me, oh, Kim, you're recovered. I'm like, I, I don't know what that means. I've only, I'm only six weeks in. How could I have recovered? But it was one day when I was teaching this book, when I was sponsoring, and I was teaching this specific chapter, and I realized that I was talking in past tense. I was talking about the disease. I was a recovered compulsive overeater. I wasn't someone who was actively eating or recovering. And this is the beautiful gift in this. The thought came because of the work that Bill was no longer selfish and self-centered to the core. Like it said, the destruction of self-centeredness, and now he wanted to share it with others. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G. All right. So we are going to open up for sharing. Of course, if you um haven't, if you've shared in the last couple of days, please give way to those who have not. We would be greatly appreciated. Who would like to share on what was read? F. F. Nancy
4: T. Larry K.
5: Larry F.
0: Wanda Anna F. Uh, Wanda Wanda, what's your last initial, please? Wanda? Okay, you can tell me when I get to you. All right, I've got Harlan G, Larry K, Tina F, Wanda. Who else did I miss, please? That's, that's that's G, Melissa, P. P, Melissa C, and Sandy F. Nancy P, and Nancy P, Sandy F. I think that'll work for now. Um, I have Harlan G, Larry K, Tina F, Wanda F. I think Boss O, Melissa C., Nancy P., and Sandy F. Okie dokie. Let's get started. Harlan G., take it away.
6: Thank you, Amy, and thank you to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. It is now December the 15th, 1934. Bill, on the 14th, has worked through what we know today as the first 11 steps of the program of AA, although there was no AA and there was no 12 steps at that time. They were the six steps of the Oxford group movement. Bill has had, on the morning of the 15th, a spiritual experience and he talked his entire life about how the white light came into the room and he felt lifted up and he felt changed. What is the result of that change? Change is worthless unless change affects different behaviors, attitudes, and ideas. And the very first thing that's going to happen in this process here is he is going to begin thinking of other people for the first time in his adult life. For the very first time in Bill's life, he is going to be laying in the hospital and the thought is going to come to him that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given me. Perhaps I could help some of them. They in turn might work with others. And he is going to change the world. He is later going to tell in Akron, Ohio, Henrietta Dotson when asked Why are you so enthusiastic about this? He says, Henrietta, God has been so good to me. I just feel like I must tell others about what has happened. Bill Wilson, a selfish, alcoholic, self-centered to the extreme, is now thinking of other people. Next week, we're going to read a line That is going to tell us that if we fail to perfect and enlarge our spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, we will not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. There is a myth in OA today, and it is a myth, and it says, abstinence is the most important thing in my life without exception. False. The most important thing in my life, without exception, is to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others. And how specifically do I do that? By working with other people, as Kim alluded to in her share. There are people sitting there. They haven't sponsored. They've been in these programs for decades. The book will do the work for them. I must remember this for me. If they want to recover, I can't say the wrong thing. If they don't want to recover, I can't say the right thing. My job is to transmit this to other people so that I can catch lightning in a bottle. And the only way I'm going to keep it is to teach it and teach it incessantly and do it as if my life depended on it because it does. And Bill is going to catch that idea. And he's going to move it forward, so that not only will AA now be in 170 countries, but the sun will never set on a vision for you. And the sun will never set on OA and the work we're doing. And where does that work begin? When one compulsive overeater speaks to another compulsive overeater to break down their differences and give them identification. This is the purest form of service. Forget about the Board of Trustees. Forget about all that other stuff. The most pure form of service in the world is at the meeting level, one to one. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Harlan. Okay, Larry K., you are up, followed by Tina S. Go ahead, Larry.
4: Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for your service. The, um, you know, the spiritual life is not a soul endeavor. I, I have to do it with other people, right? My, my primary takeaway from these paragraphs is I, I have to embrace a life of service work. I, I have to do it, or I'm not going to stay sober. I'm not going to stay physically sober. I'm not going to stay emotionally sober. And, you know, if I look at, conversely, if I look at the opposite of that, really, when I do serve others without any expectation of of getting anything in return, you know, to the best of my human ability, right, it's not possible for me to be separated from God. I know that for me because um, that's that's the way it feels. I, I feel my most spiritual when I'm when I'm carrying the message. And yet the challenge for someone like me is that the human heart, it longs to be loved and validated. And if you're, if you're anything like me, and you probably aren't, who knows, um, hopefully you're doing a lot better, we're often afraid of rejection. You know, because we've been hurt, we've been betrayed, the rug's been pulled out from under us, we've been abandoned maybe. And, and see, these ghosts of loss, that you know i kind of wear around my neck here they kind of it's kind of a warning to hedge my bets to 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 put up a shield to protect myself from more loss and rejection and i sometimes i can carry that as i'm as i'm trying to work with others i carry that ghost of rejection around my neck e- even as i'm trying to help others and so what do we do sometimes we try to sponsor others by you know by dictating the outcome rather than leaving the outcome to the ultimate sponsor. It's not me. Whether someone gets well or not is not up to me. See, today I try to remember not to drag people off of the bar stools. It doesn't work. I try my best to carry the message, you know, not to make friends or to receive validation, although sometimes that happens. Those things may happen. The big book reminds me of my real purpose on page 77. It says our real purpose is to fit ourselves, to be of maximum service to God and to the people about us. Can I try to do that in a compassionate way yet be steadfast in my commitment to this stuff? Yes, I found that I can. I remember um, Bill reflecting back when when he was with Abby, and he said, Abby, Uh, must have struck me deep. He must have deflated me way down and made room for the grace of God that was forever blocked by my own raging ego. You know, we're all a link in the chain. And if we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. It's an awesome thing. We, We become liberated from our fears and our very presence liberates others only by the grace of God. It's all God's handiwork, as Leah told me one day. With that, I
0: pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Tina S. followed by Wanda. Tina, go ahead.
7: Thanks so much, Amy, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. <clears throat> wow. Heard some really great things this morning. So grateful to be on the line and to be part of. Uh, you know, I, I totally agree with what was said that, you know, certainly while well, the thought uh, came to Bill that, you know, that he might that others might be glad to have what he had been so freely given and perhaps he could help some of them. What a spiritual experience in of itself, you know, the divine intervention of let me help someone else as opposed to being so selfish and self-centered and only thinking of myself. And, you know, what I love here, it says, perhaps I could help some of them. They in turn might work with others. And then, you know, previously he says, it was so freely given to me, you know, I did not have to pay for this stuff. You know, I've heard over the years and, you know, for whatever reason, I didn't participate in in the paying uh, diet clubs. You know, I tried to do, I guess, with, with what I didn't have to pay for to save my money for food. I'm not quite sure. But, you know, the good news is that, you know, if I followed directions, uh, from someone in whom the problem has been solved, that maybe, you know, I too can give this thing away, have this spiritual experience, a transformation that comes about and it talks about through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's just not that I, I get free from the food or or, you know, I start, you know, going to meetings and talking to others and then, you know, poof. You know, I have a transformation, a spiritual awakening, you know, there's work to be done. And I have to say that because, you know, I think a lot of people come in here or I was one of them for sure that I thought if I sat next to the one who sounded the best that I was going to get this thing. That was not my experience. You know, I tried to have it that, but it wasn't. So, you know, I was around for a while before I thought, well, you know, maybe I better do what they do and not just uh, say what they say. And my experience has been once I do what they do and have this transformation. And, again, through the 12th step, share this with somebody else, because if I don't give this to others, I will not keep it without a pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much. Tina S., Wanda, uh, you are up, followed by Vasa O.
5: Hello. My name is Wanda. I'm a compulsive over-reader. And um, can you hear me?
0: Yes, Wanda, what's your first initial, the initial of your last name, please? R. R. Okay, thank you. Please go ahead.
5: Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, thanks so much for um having vision for you. And I don't call often but um I do wanna respond um to um the reading and what's been said. Yeah, I've been abstinent um thirty four years. And um, abstinence is really important to me. And secondly, it's growing. And that spells grow or die, God. And um, so I know that in my life um, I have been a treasurer in the inner group for five years and i've just done a whole lot of service i mean on all kinds of levels um for throughout my 43 years and um now i have to turn my service to my husband who is um handicapped and um expecting maybe one or two operations in april and um I have to totally focus on everything he needs and be a caregiver. And that's a new role for me. And to do that, I have to stay abstinent and um, work the program. And um, I'm a kidney transplant, so I've been in the house in September, so I don't get sick and ruin any operations um and i've got coming one coming up in april and two and um so i have to um make sure that i'm healthy so i have to make sure i get to phone meetings and call three sponsors and sponsor people and which i do and um write down my food and call it in and um make sure i Uh, read the literature and talk on the phone and do all I can. But I still have a responsibility to my husband who needs me so badly and um, I have to make sure that I'm abstinent because otherwise I won't make good decisions and um, I have to make sure that Um, you know, I do the next right thing and let go, let God, and that's what I'm learning now and stay in the moment because I have no guarantees about these operations and I cannot read the future. I have to stay in today, stay in the moment, not worry. That's what my sponsor tells me. And, um, I have uh-huh. to do the next right thing, too. So, But that's not the only thing. So with that, I think my time's up.
0: Yes. Thank you, Wanda. Thank you on the line. Welcome on the line. Good
8: to hear Thank you. Thank you
5: so much. Okay.
0: Vasa Oh, it's your turn, followed by Melissa C.
8: Yes. Can you hear me, Amy?
0: I can. Please go Thank ahead. Thank you so
8: much. Thank you, Amy, for your service, and good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, Grateful, Recovered, compulsible Vita, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. Yes, I, uh, again, this is a, a good paragraph. And I remember when I came to my first meeting many, many years ago, and when I was ready and willing to surrender to a power greater than myself, I did have a spiritual experience, and I didn't even know what it meant. I just knew something happened. And I could not wait to tell Abby, my Abby next morning what happened. And she said to me, anything is better than the way you were or the way I was, so hang on it. And that was the beginning for me. If I did not have that spiritual experience, I would have never come back to the program. And um, But I was ready and I was willing to surrender from this horrible, deadly disease. I'd probably be dead today if I didn't surrender to a power greater than myself in the 12 steps. And how blessing, what a gift this is, you know? How many people are suffering out there with this disease? It's more than alcoholism, I do believe. It's more than drugs. I mean, those are horrible addictions too, but I do believe food is like number one killer in this country. And finally... Uh, You know, like, I I felt like the shame felt away from me when I realized, you know, when I said, it's just not me, you know, this, you know, again, it's all over this world, especially in America. And uh, that's when I decided, you know, I need to help others. And that's when my sponsor said, you know, we have been given this program, we have been given you know, the gift of um, abstinence and, you know, the physical, emotional, spiritual healing as we're going through the steps, and now we have to give it away. And uh, that's step 12, and Rama's saying, well, I, w- I didn't go through the whole 12 steps the way they laid out. Now I was going through the big book, so I took the steps probably one or two weeks, you know, became abstinent, put the food down, and she said, now you have to give it away. I said, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that. And she said, oh, you just tell your story and tell what your higher power is doing for you that you can do for yourself, and you don't have to do this perfect. And uh, again, if people want it, it's there, but if people don't want it, I cannot drag people to do what I'm doing. They have to be willing. They have to want to do it. And I'm not responsible for other people's recovery, and other people are not responsible for mine. I needed to take responsibilities. And I'm just so grateful, and we are so blessed to ha- to be here together. And especially the vision, the vision for you. I'll wrap it up. Wrap it up. This is the best meeting I've ever had in my whole life. Coming here every morning, whether I share, I listen. It's just, it's. I can't imagine going. I mean, there are other wonderful meetings, but this is the best for me. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa Oh, Melissa C., followed by Nancy P. Go ahead, Melissa.
9: Hi. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hi. Good morning, Amy. Thank you so much for your service. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, you know, I just like, I love that, that he's laying in the hospital, and the thought comes of other people. You know, that to me that speaks volumes about the trans you know the transformative power of god that um because if you're a self-centered person like bell like like me um when i'm in a hospital or when i'm in the midst of the crisis you know my my thoughts instinctively have always been on me and my mm-hmm. crisis you know that the the being so um consumed with what's going on with me, you know, and every time that I had a crisis or a difficulty, it was, let me sit and ponder this some more. Let me call a million people so I can tell them about my crisis. And this is, you know, we're given directions here. It's the exact opposite, you know, that our thoughts in those times must be on others. And that has... um, transformed not only did it i was transformed so i could do that but doing that actually transforms my problems it it does it really works that um when my thoughts are overly consumed with myself i have to realize that every problem there's nothing wasted in god's economy and and every problem that i have faced you know yes with morbid obesity yes with food you know with food addiction with with my kids with my job with my parents everything has had usefulness has has been transformed into an opportunity to be helpful for other people my set of experiences make me uniquely useful and that's really what I hear here and you know it also reminds me that right in the beginning in the doctor's opinion it says you know that this is part of the rehabilitation that working with others you know yes we we do this at at step 12 but i'm still being rehabilitated <laughs> you know the rehabilitation i'm recovered i am not i'm not done um, you know the rehabilitation of this person is For the lifetime, that's, I think, what it means to grow spiritually. If I think I'm done and I think I've arrived and I've got nothing left to do, um, you know, I'm a bite away. And um, I'm grateful this has actually turned out to be my thing. You know, I love working with others. Um, It really is the bright spot. Thank you. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much, Musa C., Nancy P., followed by Sandy F. Go ahead, Nancy.
10: Hi, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, this is, you know, an unbelievable paragraph, and um, everybody sharing has been spot on. And I would just like to say about, um, you know, I used to work this program, you know, and never had any success in, in terms of a spiritual experience or spiritual awakening or anything like that, but I used to have sponsors that would be like, you know, abstinence was the most important thing. And, and I would sort of get on that bandwagon. And I remember saying at a meeting once, I used to think they were full of it when they said that, but now I don't, you know, and that, and then I would, you know, two weeks later was back into the food. And, you know, now I went, came into vision and I got this sponsor who was, um, you know, I've said this before about her. She's pretty focused on the steps. So any pain in my life, any difficulties in my life she sort of just ignored and and went on with the tutoring you know with this with the teaching and um you know i got better and when we were done i said to her I said, I have a really good idea. And she said, what's that? I said, I think we should do it again, like a cycle, you know, like an A wall." And she said, that's a terrible idea. That would be bad for me and bad for you. And she would get off the phone. And the next day, somebody called me up and said that she had heard from my sponsor that I was available to sponsor. And I thought, okay, I, you know, I guess she really, you know, thinks that's the only way she, and that was not news to me. She had said it throughout, you know, about, how important it was. And, um, so, you know, I was sort of like a new cult. I didn't even have my legs under me. And, um, I did not that great of a job, but, you know, it's 18 months later now. And, um, I sponsor very differently now because I know the steps better now, because exactly what Kim was saying, you know, I learned them by teaching them. And, um, everybody, you know, my experience is the truth, whatever my truth is today, I hate that expression, my truth, but whatever the truth is for me for today, I absolutely know that it will change um, going forward. And the further away from my eating I get, um, the, you know, the deeper into my spiritual recovery, you know, my spiritual life that I get, I get further away from the edge, but I don't get any closer to the center. In other words, it's, an, it's infinite. I can, I can never get too spiritual. I can never learn it and go through the middle of that and come out the other side. The only thing that will do that to me is if I pick up the food. And um, thank you, God, I have not done that yet. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Nancy P. Sandy F., please go ahead.
11: Hi, this is Sandy F. from Asheville, North Carolina. And to me, the most important thing is, yeah, what am I thinking? What is the first thought that comes to me? when I'm feeling hopeless, which which happens. I mean, um, it's part of being human. And the thought that comes to me, honestly, is that abstinence is the most important thing in my life without exception. And that's just me. Um, I had a spiritual experience, and that's how I became abstinent. I was in OA for two years, eating and throwing up, And I had a spiritual experience. I have no idea why. I mean, I wanted it. I wanted it my whole life. But it came when it came. And the experience is that nothing coexists for me with compulsive overeating. I could either have food or experience love. And in that moment, I experienced love. And it was incredible. It was 43 years ago, March 3rd. I've been abstinent. and it was in that moment that I knew that abstinence for me was so important because it was linked with God. It wasn't like abstinence was more important than God. No, abstinence was only possible through God for me. And that's my unique experience. And I thought, gee, isn't everybody in a way going to be struck abstinent like I was? No. We all have our own unique experience, and just to value that. And in terms of sponsorship, I tried so hard to sponsor, and I couldn't. Up until the vision group, this vision group is responsible for the first time. It took me a long time. I have no idea why. But I am sponsoring someone. I call her Lucky Seven. She's the seventh person I've sponsored in vision. Everybody else has kind of dropped me. And it's really working. And it is the high point in my life. And I feel a love for her that is incredible, just like the love I had that got me abstinence. And how am I going to help her? There's only one way I can help her. It's to recover, recover, recover. And just be that power of example for her and be willing to make mistakes. I make lots of mistakes with her, but they're done in love. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sandy F. Okay, so we're gonna open it back up to others who would like to share on that uh paragraph specifically. Nessa R U H it's on page fourteen, that fifth paragraph. Okay, so Nessa Martin. U D-
12: Mike W. Sorry, three
0: Mike W there was, like, three people who spoke at once, so didn't get you. Donna G. Boquita <laughs> Logosico. Donna G. And, and who was that, please? I'm sorry. Could you speak a little slower?
12: Carmela G. Carmela G. There was someone I missed.
0: Well, I have room for a couple more. All right, we'll go with that. Nessa R, Mike W, Donna G, Carmella G. Okay, Nessa, please go ahead.
13: Thank you, good morning, vision for you. This is Nessa R, a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And the thought came. And the thought that came to me is that the thought always comes. You know, the question is, which thought? Is it going to be a thought about food, a self-centered thought, or is it going to be a God-centered thought about helping others? And to me, this is the reason why, um, for a a compulsive overeater of my kind, for someone like me, this is why diets don't work, abstinence alone doesn't work, because the thought always comes um, about food about, um, well, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can eat this little bit. Um, Something like this won't hurt me. I'll just have one. You know, that thought always comes, you know, and how do I get rid of that thought? How do I transform that thought into a God-centered thought? Well, the answer is I don't. God does that for me, but I have to do my part. And what is that part? The steps. That's why abstinence has to be immediately followed uh, and worked in conjunction with the text um, as outlined in this, in this big book so that when the thought comes, it's not a thought of what can I eat and get away with, uh, but it's um, who can I help, what can I do for others, God, what is your will for me, you know, show me and and give me the ability to do that. And, and uh, you know, th- there's a big difference, you know. Um, it says uh, on page 19 um, – that uh, elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. And, you know, that to me means two things. Number one, nothing can happen until I put the food down 100% and become entirely abstinent. That's absolutely um, the first first step in the journey. But it's not the only thing, and it's certainly not the goal. The goal is to be recovered. The goal is to have a close connection with God, um, and that is achieved through the steps. So um, it is the beginning, but it is not the goal. Um, And the reason is because of this, because the thought always comes. And so what thoughts do I want to have? Do I want to have thoughts that push me into the food? Or do I want to have thoughts that push me away from the food? Um, And if I choose the latter, then what I need to do is very clear. You know, work the steps. Um, You know, trust God, clean house, help others. That is the answer in in the kind of thoughts that I choose. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Nessa R. Do L, you're up. Followed by Mike W. Go ahead, Do.
14: Good morning. This is Do L. Recover compulsive overeater. Um, I absolutely love this paragraph. It reminds me so much of our beloved Leah M. Because for I've known this woman for ten years. And out of those 10 years, she's repeated the same thing for the last 10 years, saying the same thing. Do you come to this meeting for an hour or two and get this spiritual oasis and think that's sufficient enough to carry you through the rest of the program? Or are you practicing these principles in all your affairs? Are you practicing these principles with your families, with your friends, with your coworkers? With everybody you encounter, it's not just about just coming here to get a result to get out of the food, it is more than that. It is a connection with God and others in a special, profound way that you've never had before. And you know, does this apply only to recover people, or does it apply to those that are still sick and suffering? I believe it applies to both. If you are someone who's recover, you should be working with others. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are someone who is in the food, you should be working with others. You should be working with a sponsor. You should be working with your OA group. You should be working with um, other people that are going to give you the support to enlarge and grow along these spiritual lines, right? To perfect and enlarge your spiritual walk. Um, why? Because either whether you're recovered or not recovered, you're going to hit low spots and you're going to hit trials and it's part of, part of life. And, but this, this guarantees working with others, it guarantees for you not to go back into the food, you know, and that's been my experience. It took me five years of hearing the same message, five years. And finally, I said, what am I doing wrong? Well, the wrong thing that I was doing was not practicing, was not putting this thing into action. And so it took me five years to realize that I had to put it into action. You know, it wasn't, abstinence wasn't enough for me, for someone like me, it was not enough. It had to be more. It had to be the fact that I had to practice these principles in all my affairs, which meant working a program like my life depended on it. Um, having faith, having confidence in God that he would do for me that the things that I couldn't do for myself. And when I got to that point, now I could be of service in a way that I've never, ever been able to do before, you know, and all it was, all it was, check this out. All it was is put into practice. What you're reading here. It's as simple as that simple, easy. It's, it's not doable. I mean, um, it it see, seems like it's not doable, but it's simple, and it's it, if you follow if you can follow directions, you All can right. do this too. And with that, I pass. Thank you do
0: Okay, Mike W. Followed by Don G. Go ahead, Mike.
15: Uh, good morning. My name is Mike. I'm a compulsive eater. Can you hear me?
0: I can. Please go ahead.
15: Okay, good. Yeah. Still getting used to the technology of this. Um, One thing, when I think about this passage and the whole thing we've been reading for about a week or two, there's a journey that goes on, I think, that any addict goes through when you start this venture. And it's, it's not just the journey of stopping the eating or stopping drinking or stopping whatever you're doing to move to a you know, to, to, to not doing it. If it was just that you could just kind of decide on your own to stop, or maybe use a self-help group or a diet. It's going from that isolated period of where there's no God, there's no self, and there's no other people. the like complete isolation to a point where you feel connected with yourself, with God and with others. And I think that's to me, and kind of in a nutshell what the whole journey is all about, you know, to get, and when you get to the 12th step, I've worked and learned how to relearn how to have relations with other people. I've taken care of myself enough that I've been ab that. I've gotten, you know, a food plan and been abstinent do So I can go out in the world, you know, all this stuff with myself is taken care of. And then you carry the message. I mean, if I'm just kind of like saying I've, I've lost weight and talking to people about to go to OA and lose weight or whatever it may be, I'm not acting on bulimia. I'm not carrying a, the message of recovery. And I'm thinking about this now. I've got the challenge of carrying it in my life in a different way. I've shared on this line about, you know, my mother passing and taking care of my elderly dad, and I'm going down next week to help my family do that. And there's a choice do I act selfishly and think it's an inconvenience, or do I think that it's a gift to be able to be this way and to be absent? And that's what this meeting's given me today the way to choose the latter. So with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Mike W. Donna G., followed by Carmella G. Go ahead, Donna.
16: Hi, this is Donna G., gratefully recovering compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. So the thought came to me, and I just felt led to share this morning because a thought came to me this morning um, in my morning prayers. I, the first thing I was praying about was gratefulness. I was just overcome with gratefulness for the many gifts that my recovery has brought me. And I just was asking my higher power, what can I do? What can I possibly do to ever repay you? What can I do to show my gratitude? I feel like just in life in general, that's sort of a downfall of mine. I'm not real good about showing gratitude for things that people do for me or, um, uh, you know people I supervise or, or whatever I'm just not real good with that and I'm like just show me what it is I should do um, to 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 glorify what you to, to show you thanks to give you thanks and um, the first thought that came to me was you need you need to pass on what you've been given you need to pass it on and I'm not even through the steps yet I'm recovering um, and yet, I just, it came to me so clearly, and so that's why I decided to share this morning. I really want to reach out to all the newcomers and say that um, without going into tons of detail, you know, great, wonderful things happen as a result of working these steps, miraculous things. Um, Is it perfect? No. Um, Is everything perfect every day? No. But, um, you know, life happens. Um, We're still human. But there's so many wonderful gifts. And for me, growing up the way I did, being um, confident or talking about good things that happened to you were considered to be sort of braggy and you shouldn't do that. And, you know, that's that being, um, I don't know, that's being uh, thinking you're better than or, or whatever. I just have a lot of negative um, um, messages in my head about, Sharing good things, I think people around me um, have just in general I think people are more comfortable if you're a victim rather than um somebody who is um, doing well i I found myself yesterday with somebody who um doesn't seem real happy with my recovery, and I found myself talking a little negatively to kind of match where I th- think she's at and then I just caught myself and, you know, I I, I don't want to be better than, I'm not better than anyone else, but I want, I do want to reflect the great, wonderful, um, miraculous gifts that I've been given and hopefully inspire um, hope in someone else through my experience, strength, and hope. With that, I'll pass.
0: Great. Thank you, Donna G.
16: Carmela G. To your turn. Carmella, star one, please. Thank you so much. Uh, Can you
12: hear me now? I can hear you now. Please go ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. This is Carmella G. from New York, um, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Laying in the hospital, if I were in disease, when I was, and I was laying in the hospital, it was always about poor me, and why'd you do this to me? Thankfully, program helps me get out of myself. That was the biggest challenge. Yes, putting down the food, I had to put the food down, and so I did because I was desperate and I wanted to live, and I wanted to walk and i and, and In order to do that, I had to lose weight, but losing weight and a large amount of weight, having a normal-sized body was a gift. That was a reward to me, but the biggest gift was as I work these steps and get out of my own head and stop thinking only that I'm the only one suffering, this this sentence says there are, what, maybe there were thousands of hopeless people that I could help. Now it's not me, Carmella. I'm not going to do anything. But if I stay connected to my higher power that I call God through His wisdom, what He gives to me, if I stay clear, of the food, and connected, I can live this program every day. And by living it, I can extend that hand and help other compulsive overeaters. And that is the key because as I do, as I work with my sponsees, and it's a variety of women that I am sponsoring right now, all walks of life. It's amazing how I pray prior to working with them and the thoughts that come to me. It's such a gift. Every single day I'm given this gift, provided I do his will and not Carmela's. And that's the gift of this program and the gift of recovery. Thank you for allowing me to share.
0: Thank you, Carmela G. Um, we have uh, about two minutes left. Who would like to wrap us up?
12: Catherine. Hey, yeah.
0: okay. I heard Catherine, or oh, was that Craig? Yeah,
17: Catherine I said e. Craig.
0: All right, Craig, go ahead, Craig. Take us out, please. All right.
17: Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, you know, I I've, I I just love this passage. I, I've tried this thing a lot of different ways. I, when I when I first got to OA, the single most important thing in my life today was uh, losing weight. You know, looking good, and and I was willing to do whatever I had to do to lose weight. And and you know, if praying to God. Would help me stay on my food plan, then that was what I wanted to do. And, you know, that worked for a while. I, I got to tell you, that worked for a while, but, you know, it, then it didn't work. And then it works, you know, it would work in fits and starts. And, and, and I had a, the wrong mindset uh, all the way through. And, and, you know, I, I would, uh, parrot that line, you know, and, and I, 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 got to the point, you know, I got really sick, and uh, I got really desperate. And I got to the point where I saw that what I was missing in my life was that the clarity of this connection with God, you know, this, this idea that that uh, food was in my way, that my will was in the way my, my willfulness was in the way. And and when I got to that point that I could, surrender and say, God, whatever you want, whatever it takes, whatever I have to do, uh, you know, where standing in the sunlight of the spirit became the single most important thing in my life today. And I wanted to get all that willfulness out of the way, all that selfishness out of the way. And yeah, I get the food out of the way, whatever stood between me and God so that I couldn't, couldn't live in that sunlight of the spirit had to get out of the way. And I, I had another moment here about a a little over a year ago. I had have emergency surgery, missed the OA birthday party that year. And I laid in the hospital that night uh, after the surgery and uh, was feeling a little sorry for myself. I had paid everything to go out there, you know, and, and I I didn't, I wasn't going to get to go, couldn't get a refund on a lot of it. And, 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 you know, but I was also missing the birthday party and, and, and you know, started to get into a little bit of self-pity laying there one night. And and, and this thought occurred to me. And, and when, I, when I say a thought occurs to me or that thought occurred to Bill that he could be of help, I think God put that thought in my mind. And the thought was there were a lot of other people in that hospital that had it worse off than I did. and And I began to pray for them. And as I prayed for them, and and prayed for their families laying in that hospital room, the the self-pity fell away, and I stood back in the sunlight. And, you know, it works the same with with working with others. When I work with others, when I sponsor hard, and I sponsor as much as I can, thank you, the self-pity and the selfishness fall away, and I can stand in the sunlight of the Spirit. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Craig F., for wrapping us up. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared and all of our readers who have given service. Greatly appreciated. Awesome meeting. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Friday, March 22nd, is 12,690. That's 12690. We will now close with the reading of the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Duell, could you please read that for us?
14: Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Can you hear me?
0: Yes.
14: Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.